Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning, it's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger this morning. You'll have realised that Patricia, a bit under the weather yesterday, so with you until one. Bernie takes your calls and comments, 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet us also this morning at C103Cork or you can email jp at c103.ie. This morning, more on election 2020. The final few seats filled now last night here in Cork, in Cork North Central, so that means now that all seats across the country are filled at this stage and it's up to those now with the big numbers to see if they can form a government. Interesting, over the last day or so, Fianna Fáil leader Michal Martin, he hasn't ruled out uh, speaking with Sinn Féin, but he is coming under huge pressure from his Fianna Fáil TDs in Leinster who do not want him to engage more or less with Sinn Féin. Uh, I've listened to different interviews from various Fianna Fáil personnel over the last uh, day or so and everybody's changing their mind but Leinster do seem to be holding strong and they do not want Fianna Fáil to engage with Sinn Féin. So on that then we have Mary Lou MacDonald who was in Dublin yesterday and she of course the leader of Sinn Féin. She has said she could be and probably will be if she can be the next Taoiseach if she can get agreement from the others parties and that would be the likes of the Green Party Social Democrats and those who is she going to meet but can the numbers stack up Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what will happen over the next two to three weeks here are a lot of people texting in to say what are the final seats for all the parties well here uh, is the lie of the land at the moment when it comes to the final numbers which are, are only out from yesterday evening of all the various counts everything completed now and this is how all the parties stand on a national level so we have Fianna Gael on 35 seats Fianna Fáil the biggest party now on 38 seats and Sinn Féin just one behind them on 37 seats Labour are on 6 seats and the uh, People for Profit Solidarity they are on 5 seats with the Green Party on 12 seats. We have Social Democrats on six seats and we've in two on one seat with a number of independents from across the country on 19 seats and the others then other parties on one seat. So that's the way things look 
on the political landscape. Interesting to see how those numbers can add up and who could form the next government. And with everything going on with people celebrating and people talking about how can the next government be formed and the rise of Sinn Féin and the big turn away from the big two established parties in this country, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, the one thing that is making a lot of headlines this morning is how a TD, a Sinn Féin TD now uh, in Waterford, when he was uh, celebrating his victory in being elected, he seemingly was caught on video giving a speech and uh, I suppose he got caught up in the moment and many would say anyhow within that the shouting of up the ra came from that particular TD he uh, was speaking about the hunger strikers over the years and then that comment was made while speaking about the hunger strikers a lot of people feel it's relating to Sinn Féin and the IRA and people have come out about that some people are not happy about that what's your view on that I mean did he just get caught up in the moment uh, rebel songs are often sung in bars late at night anyhow so do you feel that there was anything wrong in what he did or was it simply the man was overjoyed and getting elected on his party's performance and it was just one of those got caught up in the moment type of scenarios your views are welcome on that it's making headlines everywhere this morning and while people are wondering who can form the next election that is one of the big talking points uh, today anyhow certainly uh, and yesterday uh, from the election Mary Lou MacDonald of Sinn Féin was asked live on RTE 6-1 last night she hadn't seen uh, the actual video at that stage so she could not uh, comment on it she said and she has come out in the last while saying that she's not mammy uh, to all the various parts and all the various people within Sinn Féin anyhow your views are welcome on that a text in already regarding David Colnan and what he did in that Waterford uh, pub after his election to Doyle Aaron. One texter here, Joe, saying yes, it's okay what he said. It's a throwaway comment I've heard many a time over, even by people from other parties after a few drinks. And it's a bit of rebel music playing also. A comment like up the ra is nothing compared to the blatant lies and promises told time and time again by elected politicians, says that particular texter. So your views are welcome. Does it make a difference? Or like that particular texter says, it doesn't really mean anything if you look at the lies that some parties, uh, according to that particular texter, over the years has given the public. Your views are welcome. 1850 Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. I'm sure... And there'll be mixed views on how people uh, make of that from the celebrations in Waterford when it comes to the rise of Sinn Féin. And just staying away from politics at the moment because we will be speaking to our senior news reporter uh, very shortly indeed. And this is to do with Cork North Central and how uh, the final seats ended up there. Uh, we're also going to speak to the only female heading to the Doyle from Cork. That is Holly Carrant, who was elected for the Social Democrats in Cork Southwest. Uh, the big thing here from Cork Southwest, the big talking point from a national point of view is and many will know this Fine Gael always returning usually a TD to the Doyle from Cork South West this is the first time since 1957 that they haven't done so and a lot of talk about the General Michael Collins of course from Clonakilty and, and also uh, uh, unfortunately was shot in West Cork too have been a blow anyhow he a lot of talk connecting him and how that constituency has changed from what usually would be the traditional vote there and now how that has been a change with the likes of Holly Carnes now representing West Cork in the Dáil for the Social Democrats. And moving away from politics, something else we're going to discuss this morning and we'd like to hear your view on this. It's a cold morning and a lot of times here on the show we would get texts from people uh, to say, make sure you feed the birds 
Okay, the squelch effect. Make sure you feed the birds, feed the animals, feed the small animals who may not be able to get food because of the low ground temperature as well. One woman was doing this in Limerick and she's received a huge fine from Limerick City Council. Now, this woman was feeding seagulls near her house in Limerick and I'm not too sure we'll get to the bottom of this story if indeed someone complained to her or was it the fact that the seagulls were picking up the food and dropping it into people's gardens or was the food attracting more than the birds, maybe vermin? Anyhow, uh, the city council have fined her. She now is saying she cannot afford the fine and sees nothing wrong with feeding the birds. Uh, we're going to speak with the former Limerick councillor, John Gilligan, because he's has come out in support of her on this one and feels it's wrong. She has said she cannot afford the fine, yet Limerick City Council are going to fine her for feeding those particular seagulls. And because the bread or, or whatever she was feeding them was lying on the ground, maybe it was attracting vermin. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of that. But your view on that, I mean, if you do see people feeding birds near rivers, or do you do it yourself? Do you think it's wrong? Do you think it's right? Do you think it's wrong she got a fine? Or do you think it's right she got a fine if the birds were picking up the bread or whatever it was and dropping it into people's gardens and then uh, that could be attracting vermin in someone's back garden and maybe they just got sick of it in the area. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103 or you can text a WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Also on the show today is Safer Internet Day. We are discussing uh, safety on the internet, especially when it comes to young people and are we all kind of a bit mad with mobile phones? Uh, communions and confirmations, but even between that age of 7 to 11 years old, parents buying their child a mobile phone. Some iPhones are the top of the range smartphones. I mean, is there a need for that where they can access almost anything on those particular phones? And I know there is particular monitoring for parents on those phones, but still to give a young person a phone that is worth a lot of money, three, four or five hundred euros, surely they can give them a, a, a standard a smartphone that has restrictions and doesn't have all the access like those major phones and that would keep a child happy. I mean, I know you're in a situation whereby you're, you have kids in a classroom and they're all comparing to I got this phone, I got that phone. But between the ages of 7 and 11, are we going to be too mad with giving our young people mobile phones at that young age? And is that why then people are getting into websites on the internet they should not be looking at? And, and we're seeing an increase in, in cyberbullying also because they all have access to various apps uh, that maybe they're too young to be accessing. Anyhow, discussing that this morning on the show with a company that deals with cyber situations and what their advice is to parents on this Internet Safety Day. And also we're going to continue our discussion with Joe Heffernan on countering negative self-talk. We'll continue that today with Joe after midday. So that and more to come on the show. Not all politics, but obviously there will be politics as well. And your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 or indeed you can email jp at c103.ie. C103, our lines are open. Bernie taking your comments this morning, 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text on WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Shortly joining our senior news reporter to find out what happened with the final few seats filled in Cork North Central yesterday evening for election 2020. We'll head live to Fiona shortly. First, though, uh, something that people have mixed views on when it comes to the speed cameras. or They're not officially called speed cameras. I think they're safety something. Is it, is it the track? correct term. Anyhow, uh, we all call them speed cameras, so I'll stick with that. Uh, so the over 900, it seems, anyhow, new speed cameras or new speed zones are to be introduced as part of an expansion of the scheme 
And there's going to be a number of zones removed as well, around 500 of them. Uh, This seemingly will bring the total uh, safety camera zones in a nationwide side of things to 1,322. Seemingly, these particular zones, 52% of them are located on regional roads and 29% of them are on national roads. And with that in mind, some people have mixed views, as I said, because people feel they're located in the wrong areas. Well, there is only over 500 going to be removed. Maybe they're the ones that we feel are in the wrong areas. The calls we keep getting regarding those speed cameras is on the Cork to Mallow Road. Uh, there's a few of them located on the fast, when you're approaching the fast lanes and when you're coming up to the top of either the road, you're going from Cork to Mallow on the fast lane or you're approaching the fast lane uh, from the Mallow to Cork side, there's speed cameras there. People feel they're in the wrong place. There's no accidents and they're only catching those who may be exceeding speed to overtake a vehicle. And they feel it's just the wrong place for those speed cameras when there's never been a major accident on that stretch of the road. There could be elsewhere. Uh, they could be pointers on the Cork to Mallow road. So people have mixed views when it comes to those speed cameras. But 900 new ones coming with 900 new speed zones across the country. Your views welcome on that. And staying with speed and issues of the road, penalty points could be doubled on bank holiday weekends. Gardaí are considering this measure it's all in a bid to clamp down on dangerous driving at high risk times, especially on the bank holiday weekends. And this system, uh, at the moment, it does operate successfully in parts of Australia. They're called mirror points in Australia. I know a lot of us have people who are living in Australia. You'll often hear them refer to double the merits at weekends or the double trouble system, as they call it officially in Australia. Well, that could be happening here as well. It would need changes uh, that one legislation before it is introduced here. But how do you feel about that? Penalty points as they stand, they will be doubled then on weekends. So, for example, whatever the case is, if you got three penalty points on a Wednesday, if it was the Sunday of a bank holiday weekend, those three would automatically turn into six penalty points. So your views are welcome on that. Whether you welcome double the penalty points for bank holiday weekends in this country, similar to what is an operation in some parts of Australia. And the coronavirus still... Uh, fears about the coronavirus in many parts of the world and staff now here in Ireland at a Dublin office for recruitment. Indeed, it's a big uh, particular recruitment firm operating right across the world. One of their employees was recently in one of their offices in Singapore and the company has said uh, that particular person may have been exposed to the coronavirus after family members visited a facility caring for an infected patient. So employees from the Singapore uh, office who recently visited office also in Dublin and Sydney because of all of that and people visiting various offices across the the world for that company they have advised the staff to work from home until they get to the bottom I suppose of of who travelled where Uh, but also just in a safety aspect that people are at home anyhow at least they're not in the office mingling with other staff so that's the only first real uh, fear we've got so far from a company point of view when we have so many companies operating in this country, big companies like LinkedIn, like Facebook and indeed where they have. And outside of that, there is other companies who do travel to the likes of Singapore and elsewhere and they are coming back and they may have been in contact with someone. So that's the first of those, even though there has been uh, rumoured of cases. This is the first where we've seen a company take action because of those travelling across the world. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. More on the 
cold snap underway as well at the moment and also how we could be building a bridge it seems across the Irish Sea to link us to the UK anyhow we get back, get back to uh, those comments as well 1850 will join our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran next though on the seats filled last night in Cork North Central and how does that now shape up that constituency and where indeed can we go from here You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 and just before we go to Cork North Central, a lot of calls in regarding uh, the Waterford, now Sinn Féin TD, David Cullinan, on him uh, at his celebrations. And during his victory speech, he shouted up the ra. A few comments on that. First of all, actually, the majority of comments feel there's nothing uh, wrong with what he said. Uh, Mary's saying he probably just got carried away with the moments. And a lot of us would have said maybe similar if we were in that particular situation. While Joan's saying, how many times do you hear rebel songs sung at the end of the night? at weddings and indeed in bars he was just excited I don't think he meant anything about it I think it's just been blown out of proportion says Joan while another person on text reacting to that and reacting to the results and how things have gone in this election says watching the TV doll coverage over the years we weren't represented some and a lot of TDs weren't present and the rest might have stayed at home and this was all happening while rural Ireland was being bullied only for the likes of Mary Lou it would have been a very quiet building we have all seen that firsthand from watching uh, the likes of Rockdust TV so people are no fools says that particular texter on 0862103103 WhatsApp on the same number uh, while the final seats in Cork North Central were filled last evening after Sinn Féin's Thomas Gould topped the poll on Sunday Fianna Fáil's Padraig O'Sullivan Fianna Gael's Colin Burke and the Solidarity's McBarry were elected Deputy McBarry was the only outgoing TD in the constituency of the four elected in 2016 our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran was a Nemo for the weekend and joins me Fiona good morning to you good morning JP now a long two days there for everybody involved with that particular mm-hmm. count uh, waiting to see if they would get elected or not I suppose first of all Colin Burke who's been trying for is a nearly four decades at this stage to get a seat got a seat he was quite emotional uh, yesterday evening when he obtained that particular seat for Fine Gael that's right uh, Colin Burke had been a city councillor he had been elected to the city council back in the 90s and he was a Lord Mayor of Cork and he is a member of the Senate, but he had never ever before won a general election. And this campaign was quite a difficult campaign for him because he was canvassing on the north side of the city where, you know, uh, people were extremely angry about the whole Darren Murphy situation. And, of course, he was a Finnegale member as well. And uh, even when I spoke to Leo Varadkar during the campaign and asked him about the you know the, the controversy with Darren Murphy and was that impact on Fine Gael's vote on Cor- in Cork North Central and he said that Cullum and his running mate Lorraine O'Neill were facing a lot of questions with regards to this while they were um, on the doorsteps with talking to people but um, they all kind of said that they hoped that he would get in because they felt that he really deserved it. He is seen as being a very hard-working um, politician and that he, you know, has has is, is genuine and has the the good of the community. Um, you know that that's what he's concerned about and that he has worked very hard to get to where he is. And um, I think there was a lot of you know anxiety around whether or not he was going to get in. And the early tallies on Sunday had suggested that he would get in, but um, you know, as we saw with transfers throughout this uh, election. The state of play was very um, 
interchangeable. And with uh, Cork North Central, it was, as you said, it was a long, long wait. It wasn't until nearly six o'clock last night that he was deemed elected. And um, I think with uh, North Central, you know, you mentioned there about Thomas Gould. He had exceeded the quota in the first count. The, the quota was just over 10,000, and he had gotten just over the 10,000 votes. Um, and he was elected at around 5 o'clock on Sunday evening. And it wasn't until... Um, it wasn't until about two o'clock yesterday that Patrick O'Sullivan was elected. Now, he had been always the one who was closest to the quotas, but there was a lot of candidates. There was 18 candidates in Cork North Central, and a lot of them had to be eliminated. And, you know, their, when their votes were distributed, it wasn't making a huge difference. It wasn't bringing people any closer to the quota. And that's why it was taking so long. And then when Patrick O'Sullivan, being a fall, he was elected, First of all, he took the second seat and he had won the by-election back in November in Cork North Central. So he was, you know, he was fairly, he was new to the to Dáil Éireann in November, uh, but he was hoping that he was going to be able to keep that seat and he did. And then um, after he was elected, it did look like Cullen Burke was going to take the seat, but there was um, only a couple of hundred, about 700 votes between Nick Barry, the outgoing TD, Solidarity People Before Profit, and Independent Councillor Kenneth O'Flynn. And um, they were waiting to see what way the transfers were going to go. And um, first of all, Councillor Tony Fitzgerald, who was being a fall, he was eliminated. And he had always, from the tallies, from the early tallies, he had been um, in that kind of battle for that last seat. And, um, but the, the transfers just didn't go his way on the day. And he was eliminated. And then after him... Um, Oliver Moran of the Green Party was eliminated. So after the two of them were eliminated, um, Cullen Burke was uh, he exceeded the he was brought over the quota then on the transfers and he was elected. And Mick Barry then was deemed elected just um, at the say on the same count as Cullen Burke. Now he didn't actually reach the quota, but he was the ne- nearest person to the quota, and that was just that. Um, ten to six yesterday evening. So a long two days in Nemo. Um, and um, it came to a close then just after six o'clock yesterday. So I suppose just to, to recap for Cork North Central, they now have one Sinn Féin, one Fianna Fáil, one Fine Gael, and one Solidarity People Before Profit. So, um, you know, as we said, McBarry did manage to, to hold on to his seat. We do have some new faces now in, in Thomas Burke, or in Thomas Gould and Cullen Burke. And Patrick O'Sullivan, while he did get elected in November to the by-election, he's a relatively new face, I suppose, as well, to this constituency. So it'll be interesting now to see um, what way it's, <coughs> excuse me, what way it's all going to work out. I suppose uh, the the talk now and the focus now for everybody is to see if a government can be formed. And you know we were uh, quizzing Patrick O'Sullivan about that yesterday after he was elected, and he said he didn't really want to make a comment on it. He wanted to wait until all the seats were filled and see what way the numbers panned out. Um, but as we know now today. Um, it's uh, the numbers are kind of very neck and neck with between Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin, so there's going to be a lot of discussions over yeah. the next couple of weeks. Only a seat between them and a while in the Munster area and for Fianna Fáil. Um, JP, just to let people know mm-hmm. as well, um, the Kian Corla of the Dáil is Fianna Fáil, and he um, is automatically returned, and he's among that 38. So if you're going to go on the amount of seats won in the actual election, 
Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin both got 37. So also, <laughs> oh, they're both level if you look at it that way. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And so from a Fianna Fáil point of view, it does seem that from what I've been hearing in the last while by way of interviews on TV, especially even this morning on the on Breakfast TV, it seemed the Munster Fianna Fáil TDs were more or less open uh, to if Micheál Martin or not was going to chat with Sinn Féin, while those in Leinster uh, weren't too happy if he was going to consult with Sinn Féin about the future of a government. It seemingly Connacht and Munster uh, were open to it, but Leinster isn't. So, and Michal Martin might have his own battle there on his hands if that's yeah. the way things are shaping at the moment. Just staying with Fianna Fáil a minute. Uh, interesting uh, there when you're mentioning that the counts Fiona on the 14th count it was. I think that's where Ken O'Flynn missed out. If Ken O'Flynn did run as a Fianna Fáil candidate because he was part of the Fianna Fáil party right up to the very end when he became an independent uh, just after the election was called. If he went ahead and was with Fianna Fáil, could he have been elected? I mean, would it have made any difference? I mean, was he not going to pick up Fianna Fáil votes anyway from the grassroots because he wasn't chosen for the party? Would it have made some difference for Fianna Fáil? I'm not sure. I mean, Fianna Fáil's strategy all along was to win two seats in Cork North Central and they did run three candidates. They ran Patrick O'Sullivan who was going to be a fair, uh, fairly definite uh, candidate for them that he was going to take a seat. And they also ran, ran uh, Tony Fitzgerald, who would have been um, considered a very popular city councillor, especially on the north side of the city. Um, and I think they were expecting him to pick up a lot more votes on transfers than he did. And then, of course, they had Sandra Murphy, who was completely new to politics. And, you know, I think she always knew that she wasn't going to get in and she was delighted with her results. But... Um, um, you know, just on, on the amount of votes that she did get. But with regards to Kenneth O'Flynn, I was talking to him yesterday and I asked him if um, he was happy that he ran as an independent. And he said he was, and he was delighted and he had no regrets. And he said that he was, as an independent, picking up a lot of transfers along the way. Like He picked up a lot of transfers from, you know, a lot of the kind of the smaller parties um, that would have been eliminated all along. And he did... Um, he picked up, I think, more transfers than any of them after um, Oliver Moore, but um, or after John Maher, I think it was after the Labour candidate. So he was he seemed to be picking up transfers from everywhere. Whereas he was saying himself that if he had stuck with Peter Fall, he mightn't have been as transfer friendly. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But then you know you'd have to wonder, you know, his father Noel O'Keefe, um, who or uh, uh, you know he was. Um, in, in, in or Noel O'Flynn, sorry, he was in, in, in Nemo with Ken yesterday when they, they arrived together. He was, you know, a long-standing Fianna Fáil uh, TD in, in Cork North Central. You know, there was a lot of support there for him over the years. So, um, you know, I suppose the question people would have been asking would be, like, you know, would, he have, would Ken have been able to get all the support that his father had gotten over the years as well? So, I don't know, it's, um, I suppose... You know, the situation we'll never know now what 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 the answer to that is. But um, you know, Ken himself was happy that he ran as an independent. He said he had no regrets. He said he he considered himself to be very transfer friendly on the day. Um, and it did come down to you know a very small number of votes. Um, in the end, and I think it was just when um Oliver Moore of the Green Party was eliminated, he a lot of his vote transfers went to Mick Barry rather than Kenneth O'Flynn. So even if Ken had been a fan of all candidate, he probably wouldn't have picked up the transfers. If it had been that day to play, he probably wouldn't have picked up those transfers from Oliver Moore anyway. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question, but um, I, I, I don't know, I suppose maybe, maybe Fianna Fáil will be looking at it as well, should they have run him instead if they wanted to get the two seats, but 
that was the decision that they made. Yeah, and they'll have to stick with that now because everything is over and done with it now. As we mentioned, is the further big parties to see if they can uh, form a government for the moment. Fiona, thanks for joining us and, and well done thank in your you. coverage across the weekend there from oh, Nemo. Uh, that's our own uh, senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran on the final few seats filled there in Cork last night coming from Cork North Central. And on the way, we're going to speak with uh, Holly Carnes, who's the only female, by the way, heading to the Dáil from Cork and also has shaped things up in Cork Southwest with the Social Democrats picking up the last seat in Cork South West. We'll speak with Holly next. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. On the election, uh, first of all, Peggy on text saying Sinn Féin won their seats and Peggy feels that Fianna Fáil crawled into most of theirs, including their esteemed leader who had to wait until the sixth count. Some of them just slunk in without even reaching the quota, uh, says Peggy on WhatsApp to 086 103 103. And a lot of texts in still regarding that uh, story that is making all the papers and indeed online this morning and this is of uh, David Cullinan uh, from Waterford singing uh, and using the phrase up the ra at his celebration of event. Now uh, there's been a number of calls and new fresh calls this morning again for that particular newly elected Sinn Féin TD to apologise for using that particular phrase. Uh, he has come out and defended the use of the term and insists it wasn't inappropriate. The European Affairs Minister Helen McAtee believes he should say sorry for the remarks but in the last few minutes, uh, the Sinn Féin TD for Cork South Central, uh, Derek O'Leary, of course, who topped the poll there in South Central, he insists that David Cullinan has explained the context of their remarks. I would recognise that there are many people who have voted for us uh, for whom they don't agree with us on everything, they don't agree with us on the past, don't agree, we have a contested history, they don't agree with us, for example, perhaps on the Eighth Amendment. But the reason that they vote, and a variety of other issues, but the reason that they voted for us is they see it the best vehicle for change in Irish politics. So what do you make of that? I mean, is it a case that people should move on? Some people here are saying that they need to move on and get over themselves and move on and form a government. Uh, John saying at this stage, I think people are over looking at what happened in Waterford. Okay, he used that particular phrase, but how many more use that phrase? I've seen that after matches myself at some weekend events when people are celebrating maybe in a dressing room or in a pub and they use that phrase. So what is the big deal? While Monica's saying, I am not a Sinn Féin supporter, And while I welcome a change in the political establishment in this country, I don't really feel why people are getting so upset over that particular phrase. I feel that, Monica says, she feels that many are just using this as an excuse now as the establishment is in trouble and they are picking on that particular TD. And Monica rephrasing there that she is not a Sinn Féin supporter but feels that now everybody is going to look at this and see if they can change around. While Joan saying the election results show for themselves that people need a change. So at this stage, whatever has been said about that particular TD in Waterford, people need to move on now and form a government while uh, Lisa on tech saying, I think this really shows the truth now of Sinn Féin and what is hiding in the background, what is going to come out next regarding this particular party. Anyhow, uh, some views there on that particular story coming from Waterford yesterday. Your views are welcome on that. Like those people there, what's your view on that? Do you have a view or do you even care? 1850-333-103, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. We are waiting to make contact with Holly Carnes, of course, uh, the only female heading to the doll. Uh, just having trouble contacting her at the moment, but we'll have her on at some stage across the day on the show. Uh, she did shake things up in Cork Southwest, usually a constituency where you would always have a Fine Gael seat. She, of course, elected for the Social Democrats, meaning now 
uh, that Fianna Gael have no seat in Cork South West the first time since 1957. It finished there with Michael Collins top in the poll on the first count. Uh, then we had a, a councillor and county mayor, Christopher O'Sullivan of Fianna Fáil, getting the second seat and third seat there going to the Social Democrats, Holly Carnes. We'll hopefully chat to Holly uh, on the show between now and one. But your calls and comments are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text of WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And a lot of people asking what is going to happen with the weather over the next few days. I know this morning a lot of snow on high ground in North Cork, uh, Bantir, Lyre, Buin, a lot of dodgy road conditions this morning in the Buin area and if you're going to have any touch of snow uh, you're going to see it there in those areas first when it comes to the Cork area. Well and we are going to have more cold weather tonight, more snow, more ice falling on high ground here in Cork. That will continue from tonight into tomorrow. And then it will change, though, when we hit Thursday. Thursday, will uh, we'll see temperatures increasing somewhat on Thursday itself. And we're going to have more showers and we're going to have less wind across the afternoon. But temperatures will drop again on Thursday night and Friday we'll see more rain. So it seems the cold weather of that snow and ice for people worried well they if you are worried about driving which many are in the mornings and you wake up and you see a blanket of snow and you're wondering how will I get through this uh, we could have that again tomorrow morning especially in the higher areas of North Cork such as those uh, in, in Breen who faced those dodgy road conditions this morning that could be similar tomorrow morning but from Thursday we will see different type of weather patterns here in the Cork area less snow more showers and it will get milder uh, with daytime temperatures of 10 degrees a lot of comments coming in regarding uh, of the uh, first of all the election but also uh, that story this morning of the Sinn Féin to the for Waterford David Colnan and what he has um, done in his celebration his speech using the term up the ra uh, people have mixed views on that uh, and we'll get to those I mean a lot of people are saying just get on with it and, and one texter here just coming in uh, Elizabeth saying I love the way people are homing in on this particular story whereas for years us the Irish people who voted in other parties to the doll were being picked on for paying property tax hopefully that will change over the next five years with a new government as does the other taxes we all pay. We cannot keep, a, we can't keep up ourselves with all the various taxes we have to pay. Uh, yet other TDs are now picking on this one man in Waterford. How many times have members of Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil used up the ra? says Elizabeth on text to 0862103103. More of your comments on that on the way. Our lines are open this morning for your calls and comments. Bernie taking those to 1850 103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 you can tweet us also this morning at C103 Cork there's a number of the comments coming in in the last while we, when we spoke about the election and how things will look for the formation of a new government now all seats were filled we spoke to our own senior news reporter on the final few seats filled there from Cork North Central late yesterday evening uh, which now means that the way things stand at the moment anyhow is that Sinn Féin as Mary Lou Macdonald, the leader there, of course, she is going to speak to a number of parties like the Green Party, like Social Democrats and Fianna Fáil, uh, Michal Martin. And again, a lot of those from Fianna Fáil in Munster and Connacht not ruling out Fianna Fáil who could join up with Sinn Féin to form a government with uh, those maybe independents or someone from Social Democrats or the Green Party are, are going down that particular route. Anyhow, that's what could happen. It's the majority from interviews I've heard this morning Morning, our Fianna Fáil, uh, newly elected Fianna Fáil TDs and in these, uh, indeed those that were re-elected from the Leinster area, they're not in favour of Fianna Fáil joining up with Sinn Féin. But 
those in Connacht and Munster haven't said no and Michal Martin himself hasn't directly said no to Sinn Féin either so we'll have to wait and see of course if Michal Martin doesn't form or go about trying to form a government he could be the only Fianna Fáil leader who has never uh, got to the stage that he can say he was Taoiseach and this could be his last chance to do so so we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens if Fianna Fáil will join up with Sinn Féin your views are welcome on that but on the election Mike saying the first thing to be done by the next government is to end the property tax go after the apples of this world who avoid paying tax through the tax avoidance schemes. The weak were forgotten by the last government, in particular small farmers. We need a good agri-scheme like the former reps in particular with the onset of climate change says Mike on text. While Steve asking, did I hear somewhere that this was Fine Gael's worst election result in 60 years? But how come that they've only a few seats less than Fianna Fáil? Uh, I'm not too sure about the 60 years. It could possibly be, Steve. Uh, but Fianna Fáil have also had a very bad election so both of them have had a bad election both Fianna Gael and indeed Fianna Fáil even though Fianna Fáil uh, have more just, just one more well if they go to Concorla they have the same amount of seats as uh, seats even as, as Sinn Féin but they have one more uh, than Sinn Féin so that's why they're in the mix to talk about forming a government so uh, both of those parties though had a bad day out when it came to this particular election and Mick saying let Mary Lou get on with it her mantra was vote left keep Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil out. There is enough left numbers. Let her walk the walk. No way should Fianna Fáil go in with Sinn Féin. I have been a member of Fianna Fáil since 1970 and my family have been involved with all our lives with Fianna Fáil. Sorry, I had to cough there. <laughs> I think this cold is going around. Anyhow, Mix, and that's actually never happened to me in all my years of doing this. Uh, and anyhow, sorry Mick, I'll, I'll continue your comments. You were saying that you yourself you've been a member of Fianna Fáil since 1970 and you say your family have been involved in Fianna Fáil all your lives and we would leave Fianna Fáil says Mick if they were to go into government with the Shinners uh, so that's one person's view from a supporter point of view of Fianna Fáil that they would leave the party if they were to go into government with Sinn Féin. So mixed views from the camp of Fianna Fáil if they are or not to go into government with Sinn Féin. That's from the grassroots. As I said, TDs, uh, maybe the TDs are looking to themselves and realising this could be the last chance to get uh, a ministerial position in if they were to form a government and the last chance for Michal Martin uh, to go and for him to become Taoiseach if they don't join up with Sinn Féin. So, uh, interesting to hear that from the grassroots of Fianna Fáil. Your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And Nora in Bishopstown says, can we now appeal uh, to all the candidates to remove their posters? They are swinging around in the wind and have already fallen down. They are becoming dangerous. Well, they have seven days since the election to remove uh, their posters and I'm sure they will over the next while. Uh, Depending, obviously yesterday they weren't going to be removed because everybody was late into Sunday morning, into Monday morning even uh, with the count. So you would expect from today or tomorrow onwards you will see the posters being removed across the Cork area. And the texter here is saying, it is so important to only award your preference votes to candidates that you would really like to see elected. There will be a very different picture today if voters only selected their preference for the number of seats allocated by each constituency instead of awarding their vote to each candidate on the ballot paper to that particular person on WhatsApp. And when it comes to David Colnan, the Sinn Féin Waterford TD who mentioned up the Ra in his celebratory speech in a bar in Waterford, Dennis says, I bet David Colnan 
man wouldn't have the balls to shout up the ra in front of Arlene Foster or anyone who was a victim of the IRA atrocities, uh, says Dennis. While Jer Inahada says, I was in Killarney last year and there was a stag party from Liverpool in Killarney. And they were all singing Kamauti Black and Tans. It goes on every time in every bar. It is time to move on from this and give Sinn Féin a chance. We all sing rebel songs after all, says Jur in Ahada on phones to Bernie 1850 Shortly we're going to speak with John Gilligan. Uh, he's a former councillor in Limerick and this is over a, a lady in Limerick who was feeding the birds and feeding seagulls and these particular gulls uh, basically because she was feeding the birds and the seagulls first of all she was fined she's received a fine from Limerick City Council and she now is saying she cannot afford the fine not too sure then if the gulls were dropping the food elsewhere but on that a number of comments and first of all on WhatsApp it's disgraceful that poor woman feeding the birds doing a good job a good deed I feed the birds all the time it would be worse if she was killing them how awful of them to fine her in that way Nora in Middleton says a disgrace for the council in Limerick to give out a fine for feeding the birds not fair on that poor lady while John in the city says I cannot believe this lady is being taken to court for feeding the birds with all the problems we have with the hospitals and homeless in this country at the council anything else to bother them says John uh, well that's three views on that one view here then who's slightly different on uh, WhatsApp saying our house and car are covered in poop from seagulls being fed by our neighbours we have asked them to feed them in their back garden rather than putting out the food on the grass across from our house their reply, we're only feeding the birds. How do you know the poop onto your car is from our birds? This is that particular WhatsApper. So you can see the frustration then. And that could be maybe somebody reported that lady in Limerick. I'm not too sure. We'll find out. But you can see the frustration from the other side of the argument from somebody whose car and maybe front of their home was being destroyed by poop from birds and seagulls. If someone is feeding the seagulls or birds in an open green in an estate which is open to everybody in a communal area where everybody can use but yes they're feeding the birds there and the birds are flying away and dropping food on your house and pooping on the house and that is causing frustration anyhow uh, thank you for your WhatsApp on that and regarding penalty points and this is how we could see uh, if legislation is passed anyhow we could see double points here on bank holiday weekends double penalty points that is it's something that already is in Australia if you know anybody in Australia they will openly tell you uh, they call it double demerits so bank holiday weekends if you currently get three penalty points for a certain offence what happens is that goes from three to six penalty points and that is something that could come in here to this country as well for bank holiday weekends Audrey saying double points is crazy for the commercial and taxi industry as it's our living just keep the leg of the pedal that's all you have to do uh, says Audrey who's not in favour of doubling the penalty points for bank holiday weekends and uh, Holly Carrens we haven't got to yet we will speak to Holly hopefully before one o'clock today uh, this was to do, uh, which obviously she's uh, voted in now to be uh, a TD in Dáil Éireann for Cork South West for the Social Democrats. But a lot of people asking what will happen with her council seat now that she vacates the council to head to Dáil Éireann. Uh, a texter here saying, I think there was a brilliant suggestion yesterday from John about Holly giving her council seat to Fimber as their results were so close. It would be the fairest outcome, says that particular texter. While John and Bantry agrees and thinks Fimber Harrington should get Holly Carnes a seat in the council as he missed out by 
by only one particular vote. Uh, but somebody here uh, on text in says, as a supporter of Harley Carrens, I think it's unfair of an isolated group of people that never canvassed for the party to demand she hand over her seat to somebody that wasn't in the Social Democrats party. That would erode the confidence of those that worked so hard to get her elected, uh, says that particular supporter of Holly Carnes, who I presume would now like somebody from the Social Democrats to become the next councillor for that particular area in County Hall. Uh, so we'll, we'll, if we get to speak to Holly, Holly even, we can check and, and see if, I'm not too sure, will she be able to spread any light on that um, and what will happen uh, with the particular council, council seat if she has any control over what she can, can do. Usually it would stick with the particular party and that's the way it has gone in the past uh, for the majority of times anyhow. Uh, but a lot of people feel that it would be good to see Fimber Harrington who came very close as an independent to get that particular final seat uh, at that time in the council. He lost out by one vote that he should be co-opted now onto the council or should it go the way it usually would go anyhow and someone from Social Democrats now will be co-opted into that particular seat. Uh, well, you're used to welcome on that and uh, interesting then as supporters of Social Democrats in Cork South West are texting in especially supporters of Holly uh, they feel it would erode the confidence of the group who worked so hard to get Holly elected to do that. Anyhow, your views are welcome. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 discussing uh, that situation from Limerick on the woman fined for feeding uh, birds discussing that next and also we'll find out what we all can do to become uh, better and be- to become more aware I suppose really on our use of the internet for Internet Safety Day that's all in the way C103 Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for easy living at Sheehy's in Clonakilty. Well, they require a part-time salesperson for their abandoned store. It's weekend hours, mainly 9am to 6pm on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 noon to 5.30. You can email jobs at tomsheehy.com or you can drop your CV into their abandoned store. A JCB driver is wanted for the McCroom and Mill Street areas. Experience and up-to-date safe pass is essential. Contact 086-877-4623. And a cleaner is wanted to work 12 to 15 hours per week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday for a commercial premises in the North Cork area. Contact 086-042-5991 for further details. And these jobs and more, they're online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash job. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. A Limerick pensioner has been fined €150 for feeding birds near... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Her home, a counsellor, a former counsellor in Limerick, John Gilligan, joins me on this story. John, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, nice to talk to you again, John. Uh, first of all, uh, th- this particular lady who was feeding these birds, there were seagulls that she was feeding and they were gathering near her home. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, it's often like you've seen from the birds in that uh, the seagulls come in for the winter and uh, Breda takes her time and she goes and she gets some crumbs and she goes out and feeds them. And the flock around her, they take the crumbs and the entire thing is finished and overdone in a minute or so. Spectacular while it's happening. But this is a lady, you know, who loves animals and probably in a city which has had more of a share of cruelty to animals and people have been disgusted by it. But she's a woman. She not only feeds the the the, the gulls, she has a couple of cats which have adopted her and she goes over to the supermarket and buys biscuits for them for some strange reason. It seems cats like biscuits. I don't think anybody ever knew that. But she'd also spend part of her pension on wandering horses. And she'd say to me, John, sure, look, I mean, they're looking frozen. And she'd go over and buy bunches of carrots. So she's a very, very genuine person, a very decent person. She's doing this, what she thinks is the right thing to do, you know, for animals. And for Limerick City Council to come down, to take a look at a lady who's in her 70s, who's living alone, and to try and extort 150 euros out of the 200 euros she gets from the, the pension is, quite frankly, uh, you, you know, it, it leaves a very, very bad taste in the mouth. And it's what are they saying, book. John, on that particular fine? I mean, is it rubbish they're, they're fining her for? Is it just the discarding of food? Or what are they saying on the actual fine? The actual fine says throwing food on the, throwing food on the green. That's what she's actually been fined for. Now, I, I, I've often seen her, and we all see it, because I, I can see her house from where I am, and I can see the seagulls, I can see her doing it every day, is that she takes bread, and, you know, she buys sliced pans, she breaks it up, she goes down on, on, on the green and uh, she throws the, the bread down. Dozens of seagulls come down. They're actually waiting on the roof for her to come out. Dozens of seagulls fly down. They eat the bread and they're gone again. The entire thing is over, you know, in three or four minutes. Now, to prosecute her for doing that to me, like, I mean, it's not just wrong, like, I mean, you know, it's, it smacks of bullying. And was there complaints from neighbours uh, regarding these gulls flying in and flying out? I mean, how did the council know she was doing this? I presume uh, someone must have made a complaint. Uh, yes, then maybe I could maybe put my hand up as well, like, on that. Because around the corner from where, where it is, people had been dumping rubbish. And I had complained about that. And the person who owns the house had been to me, now, although I'm a former city councillor, but uh, he had complained a dozen times. The guy came down to take a look at the rubbish, he passed two horses on the green on the way in, saw her throwing the, 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 the feeding the, the seagulls, passed the two horses on the way out, didn't prosecute anybody for throwing the rubbish, didn't check the cameras which I had put in, 
and the extra lighting to stop them dumping on the bank because we're right beside the, the Abbey River here. And then decided, I'll tell you what, that old one will have a go at her. So she's the only one that's prosecuted out for all this. So while the rubbish has been dumped in that laneway, there, this lady, okay. Brida, is being uh, caught for this particular fine because she she herself feels she's doing good by feeding the birds, but the yeah. rump, dumping yeah. of the rubbish continues. The, the, the dumping of the rubbish, like, I mean, we've had had problems with that for quite some time. As part of the regeneration of, of King's Island, you know, uh, regeneration, you know, I had insisted that they put in cameras there, and then it was still happening, so they said, as difficult at night, so we've upgraded the lighting. We've done all that. We still have horses all over the place. We have people dumping, dumping rubbish all along the bank. And the only one single person, to my best of my knowledge, has been prosecuted. And that's Frida. And that's, that, that's wrong. That smacks of bullying. That kind of thing is not acceptable. You know, she's a very genuine person. She's doing as she says, you know, John, I'm doing what I always done. You know, she's a genuine animal lover. Like she has two cats which have adopted her. She feeds a dog. She feeds horses. She throws, uh, she throws, uh, uh, sorry, she gets bread and feeds seagulls. And yet the McCity Council, as if they haven't enough to do, like, I mean, I should be doing something better than that. They decided we're going to get this all one. They're not going to do that or get away with it. And John, the food from the seagulls or other birds, for example, bread, could that be dropped in the back of someone's garden from the, when the seagulls fly off uh, and could it dry rats maybe was that an issue the council were aiming at because I have a whatsapper here who has similar in their estate I'm not too sure where they are uh, but they have a situation whereby when the seagulls fly away they poop all over their car and the front of their house so uh, is, is that why maybe the council were looking at it that way? Uh, no I don't think anybody complained about breather yeah, yeah okay like, I mean seagulls they can poop all over the place as well but, you know, it's not a it's not a major crime. People have to be tolerant about things like that. Birds need to be fed. You know, whether she puts out, uh, feeds them a handful of bread or not, like, I mean, they're still going to do the same thing. I mean, the nature of the, the birds aren't going to change about this. But this is a genuine person, like, I mean, who's doing as she thinks is best. As she said, John, you know, when we grew up, we had nothing. We always kept a small little piece, like, I mean, for the birds. You know, you could if, if she fed him out the back, like, I mean, there would be no problem because they wouldn't be able to see her. But uh, she doesn't. She goes down and she goes away from the houses now because, like I said, I have often said prayers for Breed as well because, you know, you get the car washed and you suddenly it needs to be washed again. But uh, I, I, I look, I mean, we have to be tolerant for people. And we particularly, you know, we can't take people of very, very good nature you know, and and prosecute them for doing for something which they think is right and which most people like me wouldn't have a problem with. And okay. if no one has a problem, John, there I presume everybody's behind Breda so in your estate there. Yes. Yeah. I, I everybody knows Breda and everybody knows what she is. You know, she's been here God only knows how long. And she she's been doing that since she came here. In fact I know Breda from before it and uh, I worked with her in fact in St Mary's Aid. But uh, when she was in another houses, you know, she had a dozen cats used to be to visit her, and uh, you know she'd buy out and she'd buy cat food and she'd buy things like that and put it outside and fed them. This is something which is second nature to her, and I think it shows her kind nature, you know, that she continues doing this. God only knows. Like I'll tell you, if Francis of Assisi came back to to Limerick, you know, now he'd probably end up in Limerick prison. 
So, uh, you know, it's just not on. You don't take senior citizens and you don't prosecute and persecute them for doing something which they think is intrinsically right and which shows their own good nature. After all, like I said earlier, you know, there have been some cases of absolutely dreadful uh, cases of animal cruelty and they seem to get away with it. You know, from starving horses running around the place, to cats who have been burned, dogs have been, you know, set upon. All that kind of thing. And here's somebody who's the opposite of that, the antithesis of, you know, animal cruelty, and she gets prosecuted. I can't accept that. I can't accept that. that that's right. Yeah, when you see so much more going on, and as you mentioned, people yes. getting away with it, and yet Breda's doing this, and she's the one who's picking up the fine uh, for something that she's obviously a, a big animal lover and something she feels yes. she was doing right for. Now, this genuine. particular fine, and genuine, exactly, this particular fine, though, she has come out and she said she cannot afford it. She's a pensioner, um, yep. and, and you're supporting her on this because they yep. are going to go after her for this. How will this play out? I mean, the council seem to be uh, headstrong on going after her for this particular fine. She will go to court, I presume, if she doesn't decide to pay this. Well, that's the thing about Breda. I said, look, Breda, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have to take a long, hard look at this. Now, I've spoken to, I was at the, the Count uh, in the McCity, and I've spoken to a senior, he's, he's, you know, he, he's the manager of the urban area of the McCity, Kieran Lahan, and I've explained to him, you know, what, what it's about. And I've asked him, would he investigate it and take a look at it? There's no need to continue with this kind of nonsense. So he, he has promised me that he will review the case like, and he'll come back to me. And if he doesn't, I'll come back to him anyway. So uh, it's hopefully, you know, we, we can continue with this kind of nonsense. We have bigger and better things to worry about in Limerick City than one old age pensioner feeding seagulls. If that's the biggest story, like, I mean, to have, or if Limerick City Council thinks that that's the biggest problem that they've had, God, God help us all. Are you confident that they will just squash this particular fine and I, move away from it? Uh, I spent almost 30 years in the Mixed City Council. I wouldn't be confident of anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I, they could I, still I, go I, after I, me, I, I, I might be a slow learner, but I'm there long enough to know you never take anything for granted. So you, there is a fear still for Brida so that she could still have to pay this particular fine. Well, she said she's not paying it. I think she's right. But she you will know, be brought to court, I presume, if she, if she doesn't pay, they'll well, probably bring her to court the usual way they go if you don't pay a parking fine or anything like that or, 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 or a dumping fine. They usually now, go, go to the next stage, which would be court. Now, I think if you go to a court and you sit down in front of a judge and you explain like me what's happening, it won't be at all like paying a, a parking fine. You won't get fined for parking unless you do something which is wrong. You know, I don't think that really did anything that was wrong. And she believes if she pays the fine, is that basically what she's saying is doing, that what I've been doing all my life and what I think is right is actually wrong. And she's in that in that mode. I don't want her going to court. I don't want her, you know, and I know she's fretting about it. And I know she's upset about it. And God knows, like, I mean, you know, for what she's done. You know, OK, maybe they should have spoken to her about it. Maybe or maybe not, like, I mean, she might, might have changed or modified it, or done something, things like that. But simply to come up to, to somebody, uh, because they, they said the boards, and say, by the way, next week you'll be living on 50 euros a week. I think our rent is about 40. You know, <laughs> you know that's not going to, you know, that's simply, that, that's not right. You can't justify that kind of thing. You know, I know there are rules and regulations that, that are there, 
But one has to deal with things in a humane manner. And you have to take a look at, you know, what is the motive of the person that's doing it. She didn't go out there now, basically, to he after the community in the city council. She went out to do something, but she's done all her life. And I know she's done it all her life because I know her for quite a long time. And as you say, if she has to pay that, she'll struggle for the rest of her living. If her rent is 40 euros and if that's taken out the 150, she, she will struggle. And the last thing I, 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 you mentioned there regarding bigger problems, a lot of people, John, and text uh, and indeed on WhatsApp are saying that as well. When you look at any city across the country, there's so many big problems from dumping of rubbish to uh, hospital issues to yes. homelessness. And yet this yes. is what they're actually picking on. Uh, yeah, it's uh, soft targets is what a lot of people are saying this morning on our phone lines and indeed our text lines. So John, let us know how that goes. Uh, over the next while we'll see how this story pans out for the moment uh, uh, thank you for joining us John this morning nice to talk to you again nice to talk to you too take care now Uh, John Gilligan there who's a former councillor in Limerick joining us on that particular story uh, of uh, Breda Moynihan uh, in Limerick City and the fact that she was doing something she's done all her life feeding the birds feeding seagulls and we thought maybe it was neighbours complaining but nobody was complaining it was just simply uh, a person from the council out uh, tackling the issue of dumping a nearby saw her and she got a fine she's not going to pay that fine she's going to fight it and we'll wait and see what happens with that but it just goes to show uh, as many people say is it soft targets that the council are after uh, this poor lady who was just doing good as uh, she feels feeding the birds anyhow a lot of comments in on that yours are welcome 1850 text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 and the internet, do you use the internet? Are you aware, though, of everything you do on the internet? Maybe you're new to the use of the net. We're discussing that next. And indeed, how parents and guardians need to be ever more careful about what their children do on the internet. Safety Internet Day, that is today. And we'll discuss uh, the issue of how we all deal uh, online next. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 A lot of comments in from people who were annoyed and not happy the fact that that particular lady who was just feeding the birds has been fined uh, for claiming from the council anyhow they claim that she was dumping food on an open green area where she's saying all she's doing is feeding the birds and her neighbours around many thought maybe her neighbours complained they did not it was simply something she's always done and just a city council representative was out and spotted her doing it anyhow um, we'll hear more of your calls and comments regarding that particular situation after midday but today is Safer Internet Day and parents and guardians and the wider community are being asked to increase their awareness of activities on the internet. Uh, Stephen Bowes is Head of Technology of BSI and joins me. Good morning to you, Stephen. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. First of all, your own company, BSI. Just tell us about what you do. No problem. Um, so BSI are a leading global standards body. We, we've been around since 1901, so quite a long time. And we're a founding member of the ISO, International Standards Organisation, um, our cybersecurity and information resilience um, team are a global management practice and consultancy practice with offices in the UK, Ireland and the US. But we have our global headquarters here in Dublin. And what we do is we provide expertise to our clients in the areas of cybersecurity, 
information management, privacy, security awareness training and regulatory compliance. So you're well up to date on what happens regarding security on the internet. And one thing that has come up this morning uh, when we're discussing this is, are we too fast in this country and I'm sure across the world in introducing phones to our children? For example, some people as young as eight or nine getting iPhones and a lot of the parents don't know how to restrict certain apps or indeed websites on those iPhones. So children can basically go on and search for anything on either a good smartphone and an iPhone. So these are the top of the range ones some of the uh, times they, that, that they actually get Stephen? They are and, and you know it, it, it's a lot of pressure on, on parents and guardians um, and the pressure is being driven of course by peer pressure um, by, by children coming home from schools or from uh, out, uh, outside activities to say oh such and such has a phone or I'm the only one without one etc. Um, eight and nine is a very very young age for, for digital technology. I have four children myself and for me uh, I've provided the, the digital device from, uh, from um, confirmation age on from, from 12 on or so um, but there is a lot of pressure out there and there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of uh, nuances that that the parents and guardians need, need to be aware of when they're giving devices to their children. And when you're giving this as a smart device of that nature to a child, I mean, you mentioned there uh, confirmation age upwards would be maybe the right age to do so. It doesn't have to be one of these high brand phones. I mean, surely there is uh, phones out there in the market, or indeed tablets as well, uh, that aren't as highbrow as as the top of the range smartphone or iPhone, and maybe those that have certain restrictions built in, uh, so the parents know that children can't be on certain apps or certain websites. Yeah, well, the, just to differentiate, you, there's, the, there's the phone itself, which can be, as you know, an Apple iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy, and then there's various models, you know, the iPhone 6, 7, 8, 9, uh, 10, mm. and 11, and so on. But then there's the software, there's the applications, the apps themselves, and that's the key. That's what the, the kids are using. It, it, it's the Instagram, the TikTok, Snapchat, and, and so on and so forth. And they will run across a range of those devices. So if you are a parent that's coming under pressure to buy a high-end device, what I would say to you is um, have a quick discussion with your kid. Say, look, what do you want to use? I, I want to get on Instagram. I want to get on TikTok. Everybody's on TikTok. They're communicating. Well, TikTok will run perfectly fine on a, on a 6S or a 7 iPhone, for example, which is, a, is at a much lower price point than, than the higher-end ones because the apps that are the key. Uh, I take the point about the, you know, there is a pressure there about having such and such a phone, but that pressure's always been around, even pre-digital age, about having a certain type of pair of runners or a certain type of jersey. You know, these, these pressures come and go. That's a typical uh, teenage or pre-teenage uh, behaviour. But in terms of the apps, yes, the apps will run across a range of phones, including some of the budget ones. And at the end of the day, that's what they communicate with. When they're at home and they're communicating, they're just on the apps. No one knows what the endpoint device is. And can parents restrict the apps that their child downloads? Can they monitor or watch what indeed their child has downloaded or what they're doing with their phones? Um, this, this, this challenge is, is, has been going around. It, the, the, to answer the question, you need a hybrid approach, uh, John Paul. You can't just simply say technology is not the answer in itself. Um, yes, you can put a number of restrictions. And for example, with Google, you have the safe search capability, which if you enable will restrict the, the, the search results that come up for certain terms. You have YouTube restricted mode, you, you know, and so on and so forth with YouTube. But, but children and, and people have a great way of working around those. You know, they, they can bypass them and work around them. What I would say to, to, to parents out there in terms of providing some controls and getting some visibility is have a hybrid approach. Yes, you should enable technology controls where you have them, such as the ones I've just mentioned, but also have a communications approach with, with, the, with the children. Uh, have an open dialogue. Explain to them that what goes on the Internet stays on the Internet. People can take uh, screenshots. 
uh, it can be it can be archived and so on and so forth. So if you put up a derogatory comment or if you if you put up a picture or anything like that, it, it can stay online for quite some period of time and can affect you further on down the line. Um, what I would also say is that any parents or guardians out there, you should become digital smart. Um, you're giving a, a new device to 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 persons under your responsibility. So what I would say to them is. Create an account yourself on that app, on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever it is, and make sure that you are following your child or are you friends with them, you're connected with them, so you can see the activities that are occurring um, and and you can see what, what they are up to online. Um, and finally, I would say to them also is to put some time restrictions on these devices. Um, you know, when you're going, children, it's important that they have sleep. It's important that, you know, from an eating times perspective, that, that they eat with family. And if you have a family activity, what I would say is if you're going for a walk in the park or something like that, leave the phone in the car, go for the walk, come back, and you can have your phone again. So just, just working with the children in a kind of a hybrid approach to kind of have a holistic um, protection mechanism around them. You mentioned there about uh, managing them online and the controls for parents. So I suppose one of those is that I know a lot of the uh, communication companies have bought this out now with the new routers for Wi-Fi. You can actually set the Wi-Fi to change or go off at certain times in the evening so that they can't access the internet at, at home. Yes, indeed, there are. There's, there's lots going on. The, the, the providers themselves, the, the BTs, the heirs and so on, they're taking this very seriously. They, they recognise it's a challenge for their clients. In this case, the clients are mostly the parents and guardians. So they are working to put controls in place. You can enable them, similar to what you do in the skybox. You can have pink controls. You can have watershed times, you know, after 9pm content, stuff like that. And I know, for example, the, uh, the providers are working with the guardian on new initiatives to, to minimise and block uh, derogatory websites. So yes, what I would say to people is, if you are are working with a, uh, one of your Irish your internet providers and they have a control enabled, do enable the controls that are available to you, um, and you can enable them and then you can tweak them and tune them. So there's usually a menu option and you can go in and tweak and tune exactly what time and what type of settings you can have. Um, you don't want to restrict them. If you are working from home and it causes problems for yourself, it might not be uh, suitable for you for do it on a 24 by 7. But certainly look at what options are available to you and do enable them where they are available to you. You mentioned there about different apps such as TikTok. I know there's other type of messaging apps out there, uh, not the ones that we usually all use ourselves, but there's various ones that teens are in, into more than adults. And cyberbullying, that's been a big issue over the last number of years. Bullying has always been an issue in schools, but I suppose the difference, Stephen, with cyberbullying is that once a child leaves school and come home from school, uh, that follows them. Whereas before, not that it was good to be bullied, but it didn't. It stopped at the school gates. Now it isn't. It's coming home. Uh, and there, we've seen a rise in that, unfortunately, over the last while. Yes, we have. You are, you're absolutely correct. Cyberbullying has been around for eons, but cyberbullying is an extension of the bullying practice. And as you say, you're quite correct. Traditional bullying would have been restricted by, by geography as to where you were. So once you got in the house, you were safe. And it was also restricted by time. You weren't hanging around the school gates at, at midnight or whatever. But you are in your bedroom at midnight. So, so those restrictions have been lifted with cyberbullying. And you can be bullied inside your room at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. So it, it is quite a, a, quite a negative and, and a very, a very um, uh, a really bad way of bullying. So what I would say to parents, parents the advice we would give is to, to keep, be, be very mindful that this cyberbullying does exist and look for signs and symptoms. So some of the, some of the things we would, we would say to parents and guardians to look out for is any activity changes by the children, any behavioural changes. Look for coincidences. So if they say they get a, they get a device, say let's say for their confirmation, and within two months their, their behaviour is beginning to change, that's a flag, that's a sign straight away. So, so some of those signs would, would be, um, you know, um, the grades going down. You know, they're not being as proactive as they were in school. Um, 
also like illnesses, uh, sudden or unexplained illnesses, reluctance to go to school. Um, also, they're unable to put the device down because what's happening is that there's there's engagements going on online, and they need to know what's happening. So you'll find that they're checking their device every quite frequently. Um, so that's another sign we watch out for. So once you see a couple, one or two, a number of those signs, you need to engage. You need to open the communications with them, have a chat with them. Is everything okay? Talk them through the apps, what's going on at school and so on. And just tre- treat it as you would the, the traditional body one. What I will say is I have engaged with the schools and the Department of Education. That they have very, very strong, mature processes around this. This is not unfamiliar territory. So if it, if it is school-related, and it's with people in the classroom, um, then you can engage with the teachers, with the, with, the, with the year heads, with the principals. They have they have procedures and processes laid down by the Department of Education. It's a well-worn path. It's not unknown. You're not alone. This happens. It's quite prevalent. So do engage. If you feel the need to help, help do engage with those professionals, and they'll they'll have a path and a process to follow to help you solve your way through in conjunction with, with your with your children. And finally, I suppose Stephen, the big thing here is that we need to be all smart when it comes to digital. And, and I know the phrase being used is becoming digital smart these days. Uh, Margaret, though, on text here making a good point, she goes, "I'm not too sure how many parents or even grandparents that I meet, and it frustrates me when I ask them about something online, and they simply come back to me and say, oh, I can't do that.' But she goes, Margaret says, I've learned, I'm in my 70s and I have learned to use the internet and I can use it now as good as my own children and my grandchildren. So it's up to all of us to use the internet and learn to use it. Simply saying the phrase, I can't use it, isn't good enough anymore. Yes, it wasn't there when I was growing up, but also for those in their 20s and 30s, they didn't grow up with the internet either and they learned how to use it. Age shouldn't be a factor on this. Would you agree with Margaret on that, Stephen? That we I all have to become I, digital I, alert? I certainly would. And it's not just for the children. I mean, another area in terms of safe internet um, for safe internet day is about the elderly. I just say people who ha- aren't familiar with it. So what I will say is a lot of the services nowadays, as you're aware, are now online. It's the most efficient way to do it. You know, paying for your motor tax, etc. You know, the traditional ways of doing things are changing and becoming more and more restricted. Banking is another area, which is yeah, as we see, in branches are closing and the online banking is becoming more prevalent. So. It's, there's an onus on it, not just for, from a children's perspective, but from an adult perspective, that we become familiar with the, the, these new applications. Uh, and, it's, and it's not tremendously difficult in any way, shape or form, as Margaret's alluded to. It just takes a little bit of research. What I would say is, if you are struggling, if you are el- el- elderly or unfamiliar with the internet, talk to a, a relative. There's always you know, a niece, a nephew, somebody in the family who would be quite versed with these. Just reach out to them. Can you give me a hand? How do I, how do I register AIB banking or TSB banking, whatever it is? And, and they'll happily help you. And you'll find it actually makes your life a lot easier, booking holidays, booking online and so on. It's, it's a much easier way than having to travel into the city to go to the travel agents to try and book a holiday or something like that. So absolutely, it will be to your advantage. A, a short bit of work at the, at the outset, but a long-term gain if you ultimately do that. Yeah, a lot of times, the reason companies especially are going online more is it cuts costs for them as well. They have less staff to deal with so they can actually cut costs by using more online. And the bigger reason from a lot of companies is the abuse that staff get on the phones and they feel if they're online, the abuse can be recorded more and it's there in writing, whereas on the phone, sometimes it can be held a different way. So uh, that's why a lot of companies, I know we'll always get calls here is why don't they have a phone number? But that can be the reason why you can get abuse on the phone line as much as you can on the interweb as well. Anyhow, uh, for the moment, Stephen, some good advice there. Thank you for that. And we hope everybody does stay safe and educate themselves on the Internet today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, that's Stephen Bowes there, who's Head of Technology at BSI regarding Safer Internet Day. Uh, and a lot of comments coming in on that and how to stay safe in the internet and indeed why companies, uh, as I mentioned there, that is why companies are using the internet more and turning to the internet uh, over the years. The abuse that people get 
on the phone and yeah if a company does wrong people are expecting to be given out to but I think for some reason uh, the abuse gets personal to a person who answers the phone and uh, from one that worked in a call centre many years ago if you have a customer on the phone who is abusing you you're less likely to help them than a person who knows that the company's done wrong is okay to you, uh, you'll actually go out of your way then to help them uh, and do more for them rather than uh, having someone who's just ringing up and abusing you and roaring and calling you everything under the sun. And yeah, it could be the company's fault, but uh, front line, you, you can't shout at the front line all the time. Uh, yeah, managers can get the roasting if you want to, but the front line staff uh, don't run the company. Anyhow, uh, that is why a lot of companies in this country and other countries move things to online uh, because I think people are just sick of being roared at on phones. It's not, uh, not what they're brought in to do each and every day. Anyhow, that's just one of the reasons why more things are are moving online. Uh, Hi to Jessica who says, I have shown my grandmother how to use the internet and she's a whiz on it now and she loves it. It's brought a new life to her and she's delighted. Uh, While Una says also for people who want to learn how to use the internet, Age Action run a number of courses in Mallow and also across the city on how you can use the internet. They have special courses for the over 55s and they are fantastic. Also they open a new way for people to interact in their communities as well and maybe get rid of that isolation if they are facing that. Anyhow, uh, thank you for that. On text to 0862103103. A lot of comments coming in uh, from people uh, who are not happy and disagree with the council fining that lady in Limerick for feeding the birds on an open lawn in her estate. Uh, mixed views coming in on that also from some people who feel it's wrong anyhow to be feeding in an open area of an estate any uh, birds or animals. So mixed views on that and indeed uh, a lot of calls coming in regarding the election as well. We'll get to those shortly. Good afternoon to you. 1850-333-103 lines open. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 or indeed you can tweet this afternoon at C103 Cork. You can email jp at c103.ie and Bernie continues to take those comments on phones this afternoon and a lot of them in first of all let's go back to the election which we spoke about at the start of the show and how things are going to fare out or how things could fare out and there's talks that well no one ruling it out in Fianna Fáil as in in Fianna Fáil in NTDs I've heard in Munster and Connacht and I how that they could talk to Sinn Féin about forming a particular government then with some independents or other parties. Uh, Leinster, Fianna Fáil, TDs, not too happy about if that was to happen, but no one ruling it out compared to what was being said during the election. Anyhow, on that, Michael in Buttevant says, Michal Martin becoming a Taoiseach. Do we really want another Bertie, says Michael. Uh, Michal claimed that he did not know what was going on with Bertie. Are these people for real? Do they think we believe that? Martin kept his mouth shut about what was going on and now he wants to become Taoiseach, says Michael in Buttevant. And Tim, and this was regarding Mick's earlier text, who says, let Mary Lou now off and work with those to form a government and let Sinn Féin have a go and let them see if they can solve the problems with this country. Tim says, I agree with Mick on that particular text. Let Mary Lou have a year to work miracles with Mick Barry of Solidarity. If the sideline experts are improving the standard of living and are controlling rents, give them another year. But nobody can control unregistered landlords. McBarry and Thomas Gould have said little about the Apple profits because they know Apple will be off to Spain or Albania. The workers at Apple come from all over, but 1,000 at least could be from Cork North Central, says Tim. That's a good point, Tim, actually, on Apple and the profits Apple um, are making and the taxes they are not paying to this country. And the other thing is you mentioned that the workers, yes, they have a lot of workers from that area, but also there's a huge spin 
spin-off from Apple based, first of all, their European headquarters based in Holly Hill on the city north side. The spin-off there to all the various shops, thousands of workers who go to that particular site every day. I am sure those workers walk away from that site and spend their money in local shops at some stage. I know there's probably uh, restaurants and shops within Apple, but I'm sure they take a walk out as well and, and spend their money on the way to work or not in the local shops in that particular area of Holly Hill, the wider north side and maybe Blarney. Also, the bus routes up there, they do well, so bus airing benefits. So if anything was to happen, as people are on about Apple paying this, that and the other thing for tax, if anything was to happen, yeah, those parties what would they say as it is the heartland of Cork North Central interesting point there uh, from Tim on that and a WhatsApp are saying I thought voters wishes of the way party TDs form government are in proportion of which they are elected i.e. the biggest party groups form government not one big party either Fianna Gael Fianna Fáil or Sinn Féin with help of TDs who only represent a percentage of the total electorate I would never again vote for any big party who goes into coalition with a small party. For example, we've had Fianna Fáil, we've had Labour, we've had Fianna Gael and Labour, or small parties. Those combinations have never worked and they have impoverished the poor. Another election would be better, says that particular person on WhatsApp. And another Tim, when it comes to the discussion earlier we were having uh, with our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran on the Cork North Central vote and if Fianna Fáil did keep Kino Flynn uh, and if he didn't go as an independent, would they have got two seats or how would have that worked out? Uh, hard to say, I suppose, at this stage. But uh, Padraig O'Sullivan, Tim says, had the eastern half of the constituency, uh, the Billy Kelleher area, as people are calling it, which have been the same area as Kino Flynn. Another issue is that two councillors or two county councillors must be co-opted by Fianna Fáil in the east of the county. Padraig O'Sullivan's council seat has been vacated since by the by-election and the next in line could be John Paul Riley should have been co-opted at the first available meeting but the seat was kept open in case Podrick lost in the general election so James O'Connor's seat now in the Middleton Yall area is also vacant says Tim so there's going to be more co-options there uh, into uh, Cork County Council uh, from the East Cork as we spoke earlier about that from what's going to happen in West Cork and Joan in Formoy says Michael Martin was so adamant he would not join with Sinn Féin during the election Joan hopes he sticks to that particular promise now and regarding uh, Breda who was feeding the birds in her estate in Limerick and received a fine from a Limerick City Council of 150 euros because they claim she was throwing food in a green area within her estate uh, on this a lot of people have mixed views on, on this but the majority are in agreement that Breda should not pay the fine that it was wrong to target Breda for doing what she was doing we spoke to the former councillor John Gilligan about that and John outlining that Breda has done this for all her life and it's something she's always done people in the estate know that and it wasn't that people in the estate were complaining. I was thinking, did someone complain here? No. Uh, What happened was there was people dumping rubbish at the back of their estate, kind of a laneway, I suppose, or something near the estate. And a member of the council came out to check that illegal dumping and they saw Breda throwing the bread onto the green area and they decided to prosecute her for that uh, while 
as far as John knows, no one as yet has been pulled up on the illegal dumping down at the other side of their estate, which the people living in that estate were more worried over rather than a lady who's living there all her life feeding the birds. Uh, so on that, uh, first of all, and someone just asking that particular question, did the, did Limerick City Council find the people who were actually dumping? As far as I know, they didn't. And uh, Christine in Cork says, if enough people complain to the City Council read bird feeding, they will have to withdraw that particular fine to that lady. People power wins out in the end, uh, says Christine. Uh, while staying with that issue, Martin in Fermoy says it's official. Uh, this country has hit rock bottom. A woman fined for feeding birds? What a laugh. I thought the voting debates were a laugh, but this bird feeding thing tops them all. Unbelievable, says Martin in Fermoy. And another texter here saying Limerick City Council should be ashamed of themselves by finding a lady for a good deed. Why don't they find dog owners and letting who let their dogs fall on the pavements or people who defecate in the street? after drink it's disgraceful what about finding those people uh, also on this Phil says disgraceful the poor woman the council would want to lighten up a small bit there is a lot worse happening out there leave that woman alone uh, says Phil while another texter on WhatsApp here is saying uh, typical of councils Find the soft target. Close your eyes where there is hassles, avoiding the bad elements of society. And a lot of texts in, like that particular person on WhatsApp saying, again, targeting a soft target. They won't go after those who were legally dumping uh, or doing worse because they know there will be hassle there. Uh, But for somebody feeding the birds, that is a soft target. While Eddie in Matten says, that lady was not fined for feeding birds. The fine is for putting food out in a public place. And that is littering, says Eddie, the birds then are pooing on cars and it's lethal uh, to get the, to the actual paintwork. If left on too long, birds poo can destroy paintwork on a car, says Eddie from Mahan. While John Limerick says it's a disgrace to do this and find a, a person for what she was doing, uh, John feels a collection should be made of one cent coins and bring the whole lot up to the council and land them up to them and pay the fine in one cent coins. Uh, while Dan and Mallow says, I've seen some of these so called bird feeders in action. Now, they don't buy a bag of seed or crumbs, says Dan. No, they will get the leftovers from their dinner and dump it on the green area. I have yet to see a bird that likes cold chips, fat scraps, tea bags and potato peelings. These filthy people are up to every trick. Don't be fooled, says Dan in Mallow on text to 0862103103 regarding Breda and her fine for feeding the birds in Limerick. While Mary is saying on that particular issue, my heart goes out for that lady uh, doing her good deed for the birds, uh, birds even. Uh, does she have to pay the fine? I hope she doesn't. Uh, no one feeds the birds uh, and they need to be fed. For example, here in the lock, the birds aren't fed. And when I see someone feeding them, I think it's lovely. And I watch them from my car if I am in the lock area and I'm parked up. I do watch people feeding the birds in the lock. I think it's lovely to see that happening, uh, says Mary. But at the moment, anyhow, that lady Limerick, regarding the fine, um, they're, they're going to fight it as much as they can. And if it does go to court, as John was saying earlier, uh, she can't see a judge going ahead and letting a person be fined for feeding the birds, which was done in good intention. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't no malice in what she was doing. Anyhow, thank you for your uh, calls and texts on that particular issue to 1850 More calls on the way regarding that. I spoke out there about safety and internet safety and people who are giving phones to their children at the age of seven, eight or nine and the dangers 
to do with giving your phone to someone that age if you're not too sure how they work yourselves if you're not too sure how you can restrict certain apps or websites on that Mike and Bantry feels that uh, for mobile phones and smartphones they should be banned for under 18s and bring back the telephone boxes again that if people want to make contact with their parents go to the nearest telephone box and ring home but for mobile phones they should be banned uh, they're for, especially for those under 18 or buying them for those under 18 that's how Mike feels on mobile phones regarding young people and Noel was on to say yesterday um, he was getting scam calls again from an Irish numbers now again we know that these aren't Irish numbers and as Noel says they're being cloned by scammers but they are making up numbers that when you look at them initially on your caller ID they look like they're an 021 number or 024 025 or whatever uh, but you realise the number is longer but initially when people pick up the phone it does look like a local number here in Cork now Noel has contacted Air who told him if he does not stop the calls don't stop in a few days he may have to change his number if it gets worse now I presume Noel you don't want to do that but you seemingly are getting a number number of these missed calls from your particular uh, on your on your phone you're getting a number of these calls non-stop so uh, hopefully the air can do more than that because if you get a new phone number on a landline you go well you know for those who know you uh, you have to change your number for everybody that knows you and let them know but also is there a cost on that are they just going to switch over your number for free I'm not too sure how that works. Uh, I would hope that there's another way around that rather than you changing your phone number. Uh, so the scammer is not because the only thing with these scammers, they pick numbers at random. Uh, your best thing is to ignore them. But if you change your number, who's to say they won't ring you on your new number as well? Anyhow, uh, no, thank you for your call on that. 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp 086 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie And Bantier Bingo, that is cancelled tonight due to the cold weather and there will be a blood donor clinic in Cork Marts for Moy that's going ahead on Wednesday uh, from 5 to 8.30 and again Thursday from 3 to 5 and from 7 to 9. And Kildare Community Development, they will hold their weekly lotto draw in Sheehan's Bar, that's on this coming Thursday and the jackpot is €1,200. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And on the scam calls that Noel was speaking about there, a texter, a person on WhatsApp has just sent in a picture. They got a call this morning. Now, looking at the phone number, you would think it's coming from Limerick. It's an 061 number. Uh, but again, it's one of those false numbers they use. But on this person's phone, it came up as potential fraud. Uh, so it didn't answer that particular call. But that's good. I haven't seen that come up before. I don't know. Have you saved that? Uh, saved the number as potential fraud? Or did your phone automatically tell you that this could be a fraud call. Anyhow, again, looking at the number, you would think it is a Limerick number, uh, but they are numbers they use to make up and they look like they're local numbers. Anyhow, thank you for your text uh, and uh, hopefully uh, you haven't been caught already by those particular fraudsters. But interesting to know, did that actually automatically come up on your phone or have you saved that number that has rang you a few times uh, that it says potential fraud. Uh, maybe the networks now are, are picking up on these phone calls and warning people because you know on some phones, on mobile phones, this is now, if you get a call and if it's an 021 number, sometimes it would say Cork slash Coachford slash Middleton or something like that and give you the areas where the 021 call could be coming from. Uh, so maybe that is something they're doing now for these scan numbers as well. And back to the lady in Limerick, Breda, who was fined for feeding the birds. A texter here saying, what kind of society have we become to find a poor pensioner like that 
that they are, are just a disgrace to find somebody who is doing good. Well, on that issue of Brida being fined for what she said was doing a good deed, I mean, no harm by it, and was just feeding birds. Tom joins me in Bantry. Tom, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, John Paul. Uh, your view on this, I mean, you're in Bantry, you will see seagulls coming in to land a lot there from the sea. Uh, do you think Breda was doing wrong or was she doing right? A lot of people are saying that, you know, a lot of these seagulls would be pooing the non-cars and doing more damage. They could they could be doing a lot worse. Uh, if we got a... I grew up, alongside this, I grew up alongside the sea and alongside the land as well. And um, in the old days, um, the seagulls, uh, were feeding off the sea. They are not feeding off the sea any longer because the law changed a couple of years ago for the fishing, the scabs, and they are now bringing in all the fish. Uh, the other thing is that um, the farm trawlers are coming into Bantry Bay, sheltering, and on their way in, they're trawling all the way in, and they're cleaning up everything, and they have mesh uh, on board that a cabbage strainer uh, would be similar to it. And and uh, therefore, there's nothing for the borders. The Navy can't go and do anything about these because they have no money for diesel. And they're coming in here to Bantry, and they're tied up in Bantry when the when the the, the trawlers are outside, the big trawlers are outside doing doing wreck. But um, going back to to the feeding of the borders. I think that woman should get a medal for what she's doing. And you make I mean, a good point there, though, Tom, about the fact that there is all these trawlers out there now, and, and new rules means fishermen can't discard. So is that why overall we are seeing more seagulls, why, especially yeah, in the I cities? Even, even in fine weather here outside my door, the gulls are, are coming up here and they're they're feeding because there is nothing out there in the sea. And I mean, when the tide is low, they'll be picking away all right bits and pieces, but. There's, there's mostly mostly seaweed and crustaceans and things like that that, that they'd be picking up when the tide comes in then they've nothing to eat. And would you, you know? feed the birds yourself, Tom? Why do I? Jesus, yeah. I've always, we've always respected the birds and I've been on the sea since I was five years of age picking periwinkles with Russian wellingtons the water rushing in and out of them. And I know a fair bit about the sea. You know, and we knew we knew a lot of the seagulls long ago when they'd be alongside us picking up when we when we'd be digging clams and picking periwinkles, and and you'd know them by the one for every spot in the wing, another for every different spot. We knew a lot of them by by you know by looking at them. And um, Breda Limerick now because she is still up against that particular fine. Uh, I mean, if if you were fined, I mean, what would you do in that situation if you were feeding oh, the birds I, I, in Bantry and I, next to you got a fine? If I went out, if I was fined, I'd go down into the council, tear the office apart and tell you that, you know, that woman was only helping nature, you know, which with the, the human being is destroying the nature and that woman is only trying to help the nature. What about the time when the hippies came in here in the 60s and they were getting money from the social welfare to feed their dogs, you know? Um, uh, but but, but on Breda's case, you have in some calls now we're getting in here from various areas of the county yeah. and indeed the city as well, people saying that they know of others that do that and they feed the birds in an open lawn in an estate, but then the birds fly off, they drop the food or more so what I'm getting is calls here and texts from people who wake up in the morning and they have bird poo all over their house and their cars because of neighbours who do feed the birds. I mean, what do you say to people like that yeah. then, who may not agree well, with you? Yeah, well, I'll tell you now that if a, a lot of people had their house in order and their backyards in order and all that, we never had any, I live in a big estate, and we never had any issues like that uh, because everybody is very, very careful about what they put out to the birds and they don't just throw out everything and anything, you know. And if you had a little warden going around checking these things all the time and, 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 and instead of watching a woman like that, 
you know, um, would take care of a lot of that. And it's bad, bad practice from the very start. Long ago, we recycled everything, you know, including the food. We gave it to the dog or the cat or whatever, like, you know. And we, we, get, we always give a bit to the birds. But it's people that are dumping. And they dumped and enough for councillors around, council workers around, to uh, check out this, like, you know. Yeah, and it's an interesting uh, point you raised there regarding that new law on discarding the leftovers at sea. They can't do that, so yeah, that could be one of the reasons, there's nothing, yeah. There's nothing for the, the poor birds now, like, to, to, to the pity, like, you know. And that's why they're coming um, further inland as well, I suppose, Tom. Yeah, they're coming away in, inland yeah. and all, all they're eating is... is, is um, is sheep sheep droppings and cow droppings and that you know and uh, some fellas said there I think to that councillor said there that they are they're coming in from the bad weather no 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 girls are not afraid of bad weather I will have to bad weather myself and the girls are still out there yeah it's no. more for food now they're coming in because they can't get it at sea they're coming, they're coming yeah. in for food yeah that's what they're coming in for and it's it's uh, man against man against the board I'm afraid you know that, that if, they, if they didn't stop the discards, I know it was to sad to see a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff by the time the trawls they were using anyway, the mesh was so small and they were all getting squashed inside it, so they were no good front dumping it over the side. You know, I, I yeah. don't know why they, they changed that law. Okay, well, um, it is changed now, and that's probably the reason why we're seeing all, all these new seagulls flocking into us here uh, in inland. Oh. For, for the moment, Tom, uh, thanks for talking to us this, this afternoon, yeah. even, and yeah. giving us an insight into that. In your view, uh, agreeing with so many callers as well, onto us, uh, Tom and Bantry there at 1850 uh, Moving on to something totally different, and I, we had a text uh, yesterday evening about this, and this is uh, coming from the UK. And you might have heard during the whole Brexit debacle, they were speaking of building a bridge from North. Northern Ireland to Scotland. Well, it seems now the government in the UK are seriously studying the feasibility of a bridge over the Irish Sea between Scotland and Northern Ireland. Now, the idea was going to laughed at during Brexit when the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson mentioned that, but now it's been taken seriously and they are looking at studies and looking at various infrastructure projects and how they can get this bridge going across from somewhere in Northern Ireland, going to to Scotland uh, they're looking at funding they're looking at engineers and they're looking at if it would actually be feasible to do something like this considering the stormy weather that is uh, possible in that part of the Irish Sea anyhow seemingly the distance uh, that they're looking at at the moment is around 19 kilometres and it's going from most likely the route is between Larne in the north and Port Patrick in Scotland uh, and overall that would be about 45 kilometres so uh, they're checking out funding and if it is feasibly possible to do so but from something that was a joke from a lot of people uh, at the start of Brexit it could be something that may actually go ahead. A bridge uh, from Northern Ireland to Scotland. We'll have to wait and see if they actually go ahead with that. Uh, on the way, and this was uh, carrying over something we did last week with Joe Heffernan, and we're getting a lot of reaction to this, and I'm sure a lot of us, especially the, us who worry a lot, uh, will be taking note of uh, negative self-talk when we kind of talk ourselves out of doing something in life. Well, next we're going to speak to Joe Heffernan on how we counter a negative, uh, negative self-talk, uh, and that can be uh, with the worrier or indeed the critic, or the person who is the perfectionist. Anyhow, we'll discuss that next. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And that text her on to us a while ago on WhatsApp regarding the fraud call they got, the scam call, and it was from a Limerick, looked like a Limerick number. It obviously wasn't a Limerick number, but it did look like a Limerick number. But their phone, it came up saying potential fraud. And I was wondering, was it the network put it up or had they saved the number as that? Maybe they got calls before from 
that number, but no, it was the network. So that's good that the networks are now putting up when you get a call and it's from a scam call. Not all numbers, but some of the numbers will come up with potential fraud. So thank you for that. And you'll see that on most smartphones when you get a call on your mobile and it's maybe an 021 number or 022 it will say for 021 it will give you Coachford slash Cork slash somewhere else or Mallow slash somewhere else for 022 and this uh, caller or texter even got that but it said potential fraud so that's good to know that the networks are looking at that and trying to do their best to actually let people know that they are getting scam calls and an interesting text here I'm not too sure about this I'll have to check it out uh, on on the back of the election uh, someone texting in saying what happens now with the county of mayor's role that Christopher O'Sullivan has been elected at TD does it go to the next person on the rotation or how does that work we'll have to check that out for you and hopefully have some type of an answer tomorrow on the show but we'll move on uh, because last week we were discussing uh, the issue of self-talk and negative self-talk with our regular councillor on a Tuesday on the show, Joe Heffernan. And of course, Joe joins us. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, John Paul. And just to, to, to say there, I got an email this morning and uh, I was, uh, you know, I'd be one of the people with aircom.net at oh, the yeah. 599. Mm-hmm. But I got an email this morning saying to update that immediately or there would be, I would get no more emails. And I think it might be a scam. I was thinking somebody somewhere was going to see that story that Aircom are going to charge or Air now as they are were going to charge for that email and there was going to be a scammer somewhere uh, going to jump on that so obviously they are because my fear is that they will be scam emails now going around to people to sign up not from Air and you could be giving your bank details to somebody that's claiming to be, be from Air so that's the worry with that. Well I got this this morning and um, uh, it wanted you know the usual yeah. full name full this full that and your um uh, password and all of that and oh. I just thought it was a small bit smelly yeah. so I deleted it. You're dead right I can't see and it's always something we get back from the main providers they never ask for a password it's something they don't do and the same for banking they never ask you for your security pain or anything like that yeah. uh, and then you'll always know it's a scam when they're asking for a password because they never will uh, the password is your password and it's there for a reason anyhow uh, that's a word of warning regarding those who are with Air or have yeah. those emails from the, Air so the many scams. The email address it came from was something like supportunit.co.uk Ah, so it wasn't even an air email? No. No, well, there you go. That's a pure scam. So, mm. And that's how you can check out if you can check the email if you know how to do that as well. Because some of them will say they're from a certain company but then when you go into the email you'll see something like that and you'll realise yep. well, that, that can't be the company. And anyhow, .co.uk I mean, air an Irish company they wouldn't be using yeah. a, a UK domain for themselves. Uh, yeah. So Joe, we were speaking last week about yeah. negative self-talk and <laughs> from the scams to negative self-talk there's so yeah. much uh, negativity online as well I suppose when it comes to scams but anyhow for self-talk situation today we're going to move to countering negative self-talk and this will be uh, for someone who's maybe a concerned worrier Joe or a critic of themselves and then of course you have the perfectionist who wants everything in the correct order. Yeah and then uh, the the one we try to avoid the the victim. Yeah and the the thing is what we'll do today so is we'll talk again about the worrier, the critic, the perfectionist, the victim but our answer back to them. Our, um, our counter-statement when these lads are whispering in our ear. And um, we, we can all, I can also mention now the, um, the old uh, rationally motive therapy thing of um, ABC. The actual event, my belief about the event, and then uh, the consequences of that belief. Um, 
In other words, like, um, we'll say the actual event is I need to go up um, 20 stories in a building. My belief is that the lift will cause me um, a very serious problem. And the consequences of my belief then will be that I'll either challenge that and um, and brave the lift or I will walk up to 20 things. So, like ABC, the actual event, my belief about the event, which is where we can sort of challenge it, and then um, the consequences of, of that. So, we can start with the warrior, and we'll start with one of the classic what-ifs. What if I have a heart attack the next time I uh, get a panic attack? Right. Now, all of our counter-statements is go- are going to start with what is the evidence? And in this case, it would be what is the evidence that panic attacks cause heart attacks? And the answer is none. There is no evidence. Because a, the counter-statement, the panic attack, however uncomfortable is not dangerous to my heart. I can let panic rise, fall, and pass, and my heart will be fine. So that would be like a challenge um, for the warrior in in that situation. And we're all a warrior, Joe, I suppose, really. You mentioned the word what if there. I mean, everybody has that going through their minds at some point in their life. Absolutely. Without, I think, I, I really do think without exception. Um, some of us worry more than others, but everyone worries about a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, for example, the thing I was mentioning a while ago, that caused me a worry, a temporary worry. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, there are issues in my life, in our family life, that are a worry. But, um, you know... The, the answer to that would be one day at a time. Today is the 11th of February, and um, we'll get through that as best we can, and, uh, and, and, and that will suffice uh, for today. Now, the critic. The critic would be saying, for example, if we have certain fears, the, the one I happened to mention a while ago, and I like the lift, will say. Okay, the critic would say, <coughs> Excuse me. You're weak and neurotic because of your stupid phobias. This would be the critic now given out to, to the person. The critic sitting on the shoulder whispering in the ear. Now, the, the, the challenge. What is the evidence for this? The answer. Phobias are caused by a conditioning progress, process that occurs in a high anxiety state. Weak and neurotic are pejorative labels that explain nothing and have absolutely nothing to do with the situation. So that would be just the critic, as it were, having a go um, at a person um, when they're um, literally, like it says on the tin, they're criticizing themselves. And the counterstatement then for the critic in that situation would be, my phobia is developed because of a conditioning process that caused me to be sensitized to certain situations. And the big one, I'm learning to overcome my phobias through a process of gradual exposure. And we can talk about hierarchies of gradual exposure another time to do with different phobias. But, like, that's the counterstatement. It does not mean that the person is either weak or neurotic. It just is a fact that due to some occurrences 
uh, in uh, the earlier part of life that that this developed and started to um, affect uh, behaviour, like I will not go in the lift. And it could be something, as we always hear the phrase, you're your own worst critic. It could be something in a job, moving job, or, or as you mentioned there, going on a lift or even driving, avoiding a certain roundabout or a certain route because you're anxious of what might happen. So you'll just stick to a different way of going around someplace. Uh, <laughs> those type of things. When it comes when it comes to the airport roundabout, <laughs> I'd be one of those people. I, if I could, I'd avoid it. But unfortunately, most of the time we can't. That is com- that's confusing for everybody. Never <laughs> mind someone who might only use it once or twice. Yeah. I, I heard Cara O'Sullivan one time um, uh, on the telly um, describing it as she knew it as the magic roundabout. Yeah, that's what everybody <laughs> describes it as. It's because the lanes are kind of going in everywhere and everybody's kind of wondering oh, where can I yeah. go here. Now, if you're, you're used to it, it's fine. You're in a lane for the um, airport and there's <laughs> a sign on it for, with an aircraft. But when you get to it, the lane outside you is going all the way around. So you've to either cut across people or uh, it's it's very badly laid out. It's and it is for again for someone who uses it a lot. I don't take any notice of it, but for people who are using it once or twice a month or less, it can come to a situation whereby, as you say, you've no choice but to go through it. But some people, if they can, will go a different route just to avoid it. Maybe even a few extra miles. Maybe, yeah. and they're happy if they have to. Yeah. And yeah. that moves from the critic, I suppose, to, to the uh, perfectionist who might want to prove themselves and drive through the roundabout. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> these are the people who want everything really in order, aren't they? Right. Well, no, the example, maybe it's a bit of an unfortunate one, but sure, we'll use it anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the perfectionist might be saying, I have to receive my parents' approval or I'll be devastated. Now, that could have anything to do with a career move, with a, a choice of college um, course or whatever. Um, uh, maybe it's not the best example, but anyway, we'll use it. Um, okay, the questioning. Am I being fully objective? Is it actually true that my parents' approval is absolutely necessary for my well-being? What's the worst that could happen? And the answer, I could still survive and have people who care for and support me even without my parents' approval. Now, that would be um, in a case where there is a, um, you know, a fundamental difference of opinion between parents and uh, a son or daughter. So the counter-statement, I'm willing to go forward with my life and try to better myself regardless of what my parents think. Now, I'm not in any way suggesting that um, sons or daughters should be um, telling their parents that they wouldn't do this, that, or the other thing. What I am saying, maybe it's an unfortunate example. I mean, it could just as easily be um, an employer. Um, but, uh, yeah, that one's life that you can't suit everyone all the time. Yeah, and but, you know, Joe, here could be a good example. You mentioned the parents. A lot of people would have chosen a certain career in life and at the start their parents might have said, no, you should work in maybe the public service or work in a bank and they might have done something that was a bit abstract and, and not really uh, something their parents could see a future in and now they could be at the top of their game in that particular uh, career that they have chosen and it has changed from the parents kind of not onto them the whole time about their particular career but now proud of them that they've got so far and, and to the top of their game so it can change uh, in the parents way as well I suppose Joey. we hear that a lot from people especially actors and actresses when they uh, right. told their parents what they were doing and now if they're in Hollywood or if they're in a major soap or whatever uh, how their parents uh, they have they're the ones that have changed their perception and not the person who decided to go down for example the acting role 
Absolutely. Um, our, one of our four sons decided that he would study fine art. And um, no, we never went against him on it. We said, follow your heart, off you go, do it. But so four years in Cork, uh, f- four, four years, I think, again, in the National College of Art and Design in Dublin. Um, a very costly um, eight years, right, that's grand. Um, uh, was there any guarantee about making a few bob? Uh, no, but recently he has been invited to do a solo show in the RHA in Dublin from mid-March into mid-April and um, is doing very well in the art world and has, um, uh, you know, a, a little job as well uh, <laughs> with a lot of hours involved um, to do it. But we're absolutely proud of him. It's wonderful. And, um, you know, we could have easily said, Anne, or do accountancy or do computer programming. or But we didn't, and we're very glad that we didn't. But I, I, I think the example you gave there is a perfect one. Yeah, and, and and again, it does work out in the end. But as long yeah. as you're happy going into no, your you work haven't. in the morning, that that's a that's big difference. Exactly that's correct. A big difference. And yeah. finally, John, this the victim. No, the victim is a bad place to be. The victim kind of says, "Give up." The victim says, "I'll never get over this problem. I'll be limited for the rest of my life by whatever." And the example we're using today there would be, um, for example, agoraphobia. Um, no. You, the, the the usual question: What is the evidence that agoraphobia is a lifelong condition? What other outcomes are possible? And the answer is: ninety percent of agoraphobics recover with effective treatment. Um, the same could apply, we'll say, to um, depression. You know, I'll never get over this problem. I'll be limited for, and you know. People do recover. People definitely, definitely do recover. I remember back in the 80s, I was extremely depressed. And, um, you know, um, I'm very thankful came out of it. Um, and would you need a more positive outlook, Joe, for, for the victim itself? Is it trying to get someone to look on the positive side of life? That, that plays a part, does it? That's the whole thing. That, that, that's, you know, um, like the counterstatements of that one today is like, my condition is not hopeless. Mm. I can overcome it by establishing and committing myself to a program for recovery. But we have to put in the footwork, really, to recover from stuff. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I remember to do with prayer and all of that, to do with that was like... Um, you know, you 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 can ask um, who wh- whatever God you believe in, um, or whatever higher power or whatever, um, for the help. But the help that one gets is just the help to do the footwork. Um, you know, um, there's no God or higher power going to transport one, for example, from a sitting position um, to um, a kilometre up the road mm. on a walk. Um, so you can ask for the strength and the uh, commitment to do the, the whatever, b- but you've got to put in the footwork yourself. 
Okay, Joe. Well, uh, good advice there for those who might be in uh, those situations we mentioned, and we'll chat to you again next week. Uh, that is Joe Heffernan there, our accredited counsellor from Boherbui. You can contact him on 029-76617. And can we say happy birthday and hi to Mary Butler in Kildallery, who's celebrating a big birthday today. So, Mary, enjoy that big birthday from all your family who say have a great day for you. Here's George Ezra at C103. I've been waiting for you to come around and tell me the truth that everything that you're going through my girl you've got nothing to lose cold nights and the Sunday mornings on your way out of the grave I've got time, I've got love, got confidence, rise above. Give me a minute to hold my girl, give me a minute to hold my girl. Crowded town, silent bed, pick a place to rest your head. Give me a minute to hold my girl. Give me a minute to hold my girl I've been dreaming about us Working hard and saving it up We'll go and see the man on the moon My girl, we've got nothing to lose Cold nights and Sunday mornings On your way and out of the grave I've got time, I've got love, got confidence, rise above. Give me a minute to hold my girl, give me a minute to hold my girl. Crowded town, silent bed, be a good place to rest your head. Give me a minute to hold my girl, give me a minute to hold my girl. It's George Ezra, Hold My Girl at C103. I'm John Paul McNamara. And thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced Chat Tomorrow Morning from 10. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.